This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is, what is it? It is Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. And uh, we're looking forward to a big night. We have uh, Raspin Stewart is going to be our first guest. Uh, Raspin's been on the show before. Great musician, great singer-songwriter, and also a good friend. So we're looking forward to having a chat with him. Following him, Anthony Davis, USC great, uh, the Notre Dame killer. It's been a few weeks since we last spoke to AD, so we'll be catching up with AD and see what's going on with that. So uh, we want to welcome everybody back to the show. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. We're going to take our first break and come back and get Raspin on the line. This is Raspin right here, and this one is known as Dream, back after this. Get a little older, I count my blessings before I sleep. And if I should die, don't try and wake me. Let this body be your dream. About the days, my friend. Remember when go on and dream. Christians, Catholics, Baptists, and Buddhists, these traditions handed down by men. What you believe is what you believe in. What you see, I say, is what you get. So dream about the days, my friend. Remember when one. side of China, Shanghai or the moon, philanthropists, philosophers, what they never knew, thank God for the simple things, like me and you, oh baby. 
to welcome Raspin Stewart to the show. How you doing, Raspin? Hey, Swoop. How are you? I'm awesome. What's going on? It's always good to have a chance to chat with you and talk about what's going on in your world. So it's it's a good day, man. It's a good day. For for those of uh, listeners of us uh, that we have tonight that, that don't know who you are and, and missed you on the last show, uh, you know, it's been about a year or two ago, um, let them know a little bit about yourself, man, where, where you're from and how you originally got started in music. Well, I'm from a little town called Joliet, Illinois. Um, I moved to Los Angeles in 74, so I've been here a long time. Uh, I've always loved music. I started out at 13 playing music, and uh, I've been playing music ever since. And uh, I've been doing a lot of clubs and shows and theaters and uh, I've been recording the new record after 10 years, believe it or not. It's wow. almost done. It's supposed to be done at the end of August. We'll keep our fingers crossed, but we've gotten two new singles out, and they're doing quite well. Yeah, I, I want to talk to you about a couple of those. Uh, you're, you're getting a lot of play on your, on your new singles, and I, I've seen you've been number one like four or five weeks running on, on one of the local radio stations. Uh, what's that like? Uh, that is very cool. It's a Canadian uh, in the UK. It's called KB Radio, and that is awesome. And actually, uh, it's a new version of Smoke the Hookah, and uh, that was recorded and produced by Steve Reed of the Rippingtons, and he did a reggae version of that, which is um, very different from the original. And... Uh, so we released it on 420 of this May, <laughs> and it just uh, took off. The Huffington Post picked it up, um, 420 Times picked it up, and uh, KB Radio picked it up. And then from there, a station called Fish Creek picked it up, and then Music Junkies, which is a big... Um, Music blogger and reviewer, they picked it up and talked about it. And the After Eight show, and from there I was uh, invited to Dominguez Hills, the college, to sing it on their radio show. And uh, there's a station in London called Wigwam Radio. So I could keep going. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? 
Go ahead. It's like when you least expect it, it happens, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, what... Um, um, when did you decide to, to re-record it? Uh, you know, it, it's been out for a little bit, and, and I like the original version, and, and uh, you went with a, a reggae sound. Now we're going to listen to that a little bit later in the show. But uh, what, what caused you to decide you wanted to redo it? Well, you know, I was in the studio uh, with Bo Astrup and Steve Reed, and I was uh, laying down a song uh, called uh, Love Along the Way. And I just wasn't feeling the vibe that night for it. So I said, uh, and I have to work with the click track with uh, Steve Reed because he wanted me to try a click track. So I said, let's try hookah. And uh, so we did. And I don't even know, I just even don't even know why I put down hookah, but I did. And I actually got the click down with my guitar and my vocal. And then I went away for about a week or so, and the next thing I know, he had the whole thing done except for the background vocals and my vocals, so I went in and put my vocal on, and then we put background vocals on, and I think they did an awesome job, and I sang it, and they did the rest. <laughs> well, you know, what, what exactly is a click track? That kind of keeps you in in time, so you can put electronic instruments in because the track really only has a bass a, a live bass in it the rest of it is all electronic stuff like electronic piano electronic horns um to programs you know drums and steve is an awesome percussionist so he gets the beat of music right so it's it was very cool it's my first my second electronic song because the other one they did was uh, the Hurdy Gurdy Man. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is going to be on this record also. Ah, I've seen you perform that live a few times, and uh, it's always it's always a good version. Yeah, people love to sing along with both of those songs, and that's very cool. You know, uh, when you when you when you write, you know, you, when you write songs and and. Um, and you know you get in the studio and, and things like that. Let's talk about a little bit about your writing process. And I know you've produced other people in the past, but what's it like when you're having somebody else do the producing on your on your music? And, and does it always match your vision? Um, it, yes, it does because I I always co-produce everything. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and pr pretty much we're on the same track. Uh, most of the time, and uh, I'm very open to su suggestions as long as they can show me the way that works. But normally it's just, uh, uh, this new record, it was recorded with Bo Astrup and Chris Volak and myself. We put down the rhythm tracks and my vocal, and so that was kind of, we did a kind of what we do our live versions of it, so then we just kind of added background vocals and guitars and piano and organs. Um, on King of Fools, we even used a viola, which the woman who plays uh, played on uh, Old Black Water, the Doobie Brothers, her name's Novi, she uh, did the viola. And I think I, people say, how would you describe that song, King of Fools? And we released that one, too, and that one's doing very good. It's getting... It's catching up to hookah. 
Oh wow. Uh, so, but I call that I call that gypsy rock. Gypsy rock. <laughs> you ever hear of gypsy rock? <laughs> Well, well, describe gypsy rock. I mean, uh, put put some words to that. To me, it's kind of like I'm in Transylvania, you know. And <laughs> the viola, you know, the viola player, you know, uh, in a gypsy camp, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's you know, it can be, you know, it's just got a vibe to it. It reminds me of gypsy rock, so I call it gypsy rock. <laughs> Well, I know, I know. You know, like you said, you're finishing up this album. Uh, you know, and, and it's been it's been a number of years since you you've been working on it. But you do do a lot of a, a lot of gigs. You play a lot a lot of different places, and you, you stay pretty busy with that. I know uh, you took a little time off for a while, but then you got back and is back in full form. Um, the kind of places, the kind of venues that you play, um, they they tend to lend themselves to singer songwriter. Uh, those types of venues and, and those work seem to work the best for you, right? Uh, yes, I like um, I like uh, I like listening rooms where people are seated and they're listening because I feel like my lyrics are they're meant to be heard. Right. And uh, even though I did a bar last week with this group called uh, Mountain Mystics, uh, which was very cool, um, it was in Fullerton. We had a good time. I still like my listening rooms because people can, I can really, just really get into it. And, um, you know, it's very cool when people are, you know, seated and there's lights on you and all that other good stuff. Like I'll be playing the coffee gallery on the, the uh, June 9th. And that's a very cool uh, listening room. It's kind of an old classic, uh, it's been around for years, so it's it's really a joy to be asked to play there. Uh, place it's in Altadena, and then I'll be at a place uh, June fourth uh, called Sculpteria Winery uh, for a thing called Songwriters at Play, which I'm the featured artist, which is very cool. Wow! Also, when when you're uh... Do you, do you, and a lot of these places, I know, and I know you, and I know some of the things, uh, a lot of places, you've played uh, spiritual rooms, and uh, like you said, coffee gallery, and I know you've played coffee houses, and, and a bar, and things like that, um, but I agree that the type of lyrics you do, and the type of music you do, and the type of performer you are, uh, I think people get the most out of it, if they can actually sit there, and watch, and listen, and hear, and hear the performance. I think so. I agree. I agree. And I love to perform because it comes from my heart and my soul. Um, and uh, I like to shake my head and close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but it just um, kind of happens. Somebody what, said, boy, you shake your head a lot. And I said, well, I can't help it. <laughs> the, the, the one thing I, I, I ask a lot of the, the artists that we've had on about is when you do play a lot of different places... I know uh, quite a bit of it has to do with the the person running the sound at, at each one of these venues. Are is there a big difference? Are most people uh, running the sound at these places pretty pretty squared away and got got their shit together, or do you find a a, a big variety in, uh, in depending on where you're at? Um, it depends where you're at. 
But, you know, I kind of look at it like you just have to make the best of it, but nothing's better than a great room with sound. A great, and that's awesome. There's a place I played in Los Angeles, um, Molly Malone's. He has great sound there. And with Stats in San Diego, he has awesome sound there. Yeah. And uh, I actually like the Backstage Coffee Gallery. And I just did um, a spiritual living center. It was a church. And they had awesome sound because of the acoustics Mm -hmm. in the room. And uh, I can't believe I had a whole congregation singing along, smoke the hookah, and dance (laughs) through the whole song. Very cool. You, you. I've seen you perform with uh, just you and Chris. I've seen you perform with you know a, a percussionist and a bass player. Uh, I've seen you shoot videos with pretty much a, a whole band. Uh, is there a preference, or do you do you do based it on where uh, where you're going to be playing? Uh, it depends on where I'm going to be playing. But recently, I've been just liking to play uh, with just Chris or myself because. Uh, we go through stages, and I just kind of like to uh, have the... I'm really into this acoustic sound now, the simple sound. Yeah. Uh, you, know, I'll, you know, the band always sometimes shows up and uh, for bigger shows, and, you know, if it's, it's going to be a... Uh, you know, if it's more of a... If it's a smaller venue, uh, I, I bring the band down because it's just too loud for the room. Right. Um, but... Uh, I like it all. I like it, it, it all. It, I like it all. When you when you uh, when you write, uh, what inspires you? Uh, you know, uh, I know you know you know a number of your songs and the, the, the lyrics uh, are the lyrics that people can sing to, and they always tell a story. But what inspires you to write? Well, when I write, I usually smoke the hookah. <laughs> I don't write a song. A song finds me. So I never sit down to write. I sit down to play. And when I play, I'll turn on the tape. Well, I'll turn on the little, well, my phone now. um, And I will uh, just start playing. And something may come to me and all of a sudden, like with Smoke the Hookah, when I wrote that, I wrote that like bang, you know, it just kind of came out. The whole verse has come out sometime or close to it. And then you have to go back and you have to fix a line or something. Um, so realistically, I, uh, I give God all the credit for my songs. Yeah. Well, speaking of your songs, we're going to take, take our first break and we're going to listen to King of Fools. Anything you want to tell our listeners about that? Uh, this is a song that... This one took me 13 years to write, believe it or not, because uh, I, I started it, and then I put it away, and then I, it found me again about three years ago. And, uh, but it's, it's a song about, that makes me think about life and about uh, just different things that we're going through in today's uh, society and in the world. But we've always kind of been going through the same problem right. of poverty and uh, religious battles and uh, things like that. And 
there you go. And just remember, the breath, last breath you take, you'll take alone. Exactly. Uh, you're listening to Swoops Road on Talks for Radio Network. We're here with Raspin Stewart, and this is uh, King of Fools. We'll be back after this. Look to the left, 
Speaking on behalf of Rad, it's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. But if you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. You are listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. And welcome back to Swoops World on Talk Story Radio Network, sponsored by HealthyNewDay.com. We have, what is going on? i got an echo. Uh, our guest tonight is uh, Raspin Stewart. And uh, are you picking up an echo, Raspin? I'm not. Okay, it's just me. I'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was, that King, was of King of Fools, Fools we heard, and uh, one, 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 one of the ones that you... Is that is one that of the ones you redid? No, that's a brand new song. Hello? Yeah, I got you. Uh, so that's brand new, and... Uh, but I've, I've heard you... I've, it's, you, you hadn't put it on uh, on an album before. I've heard you perform it before. Yes, I performed it for about a year before I recorded it. Oh, okay. Do, yeah. Do you, uh, I, obviously you write songs before you record them. Do, do you, uh, is that one way you kind of decide what's going to go on the album by, by the response you get from playing it? Or do you just, how do you, how do you decide what you're going to put on, put on your album? Um, I just, the ones I feel in my heart that I want the people to hear um, that that's kind of how I choose it. Plus, <clears throat> that was kind of a song that uh, people would always ask for when I did it live. Yeah. You know, they'd always go, uh, they'd always call it the tango song. They didn't really know the name of it, um, even though they all sang like, who's the king of fools? Uh, they always referred to it as the tango song. But um, I thought it was an important song to put on the record because of the lyrics. You 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 have a, a quite a following I know and um, and people who go to a lot of your shows and so you do get a lot of requests for for your songs um, I've seen it I've seen it happen I've I've thrown my own request out there um, that that's got to be you know as a, as a, as an artist to to have people relate to you uh, one way and and you know listen to you on the radio and stuff like that but to actually show up at your shows and, and know your songs and know the words what's that's got to be a good feeling. It's a very good feeling. I remember one time I played um, the backstage coffee gallery, and uh, I never invite my family or, or my close friends, you know, because it's like, I don't know why, but I just don't. 
so I said to my sister who lives in uh, Pasadena, I said, if you want to come to the show, I'm playing, you know. Mm-hmm. So she uh, she comes back, uh, she gets there, and all of a sudden she leans over to me and she goes, where did all these people come from? <laughs> I, said, I said, I don't know. Where did they come from? <laughs> it was kind of funny. Um, She's like, you're kind, of, you're kind of a big deal, little brother. <laughs> I, I, I just like to sing and play music, you know? Um, and, I, you know, I, I've had people that, like, say to me, you have to experience me live. Um, I think it's because of the way I perform, but I also think it's because they're just curious what I may say on stage. <laughs> what might come out of my mouth? Well, that is true. <laughs> but as a performer, uh, you you actually you 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 entertain your uh, your audience uh, as well as you know put out quality music. Uh, you're very entertaining, and I think a lot of people, uh, reson- you know, that resonates with a lot of people. Right, right. But I'll tell you something. What really makes the, uh, the show is the audience. If the audience is participating and um, they, they're the ones who make the show happen because, you know, their participation of singing along, talking back, because I like small venues where I can see people, yeah. where I can, you know, call you out or something like that or um you know just things like that i think make make a a fun show and uh i I just i love to perform because you like to interact with the audience and 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 you know and and get people to participate you ever have any situations where you're you're trying to interact with somebody and they're just not they're just not participating and, and how do you deal with that um Let's see. Has that ever happened to me? Um, no, actually, pretty much. If if they don't, you just move on to the next person, or you don't just. Usually, you know what I had to learn is I would point to somebody in the audience. You know, I, I'd ask somebody a question, um, and they don't. You know, I forget that there's a lot of people out there, and I'm pointing, and they they all kind of go me me, and it's like <laughs> no her, her no her. <laughs> but um, I usually will focus. And, you know, two or three people in the room that, uh, that kind of, you know, catch my eye or that there's something about, like if I sing a song, um, like I felt that this person, I don't know why, but maybe it's like a psychic thing, but I felt this person needed to hear this song uh, called Somewhere in Time. And so I kind of sang it to her uh, because it's a song about the lyric and it is... Uh, if you follow your heart, there's the answer. Right. You know, that's pretty much it. And uh, she actually came up to me and said, you know, I, I'm so glad you sang that song because it really is kind of what I'm going through now. And and I thought that was very cool. You know, I thought that was very, uh, that it's, it, you know, I love when music can touch people. Right. You know, because I know when I listen to songs and different artists, how they've touched my soul with their songs and how I relate to them, it depends what I'm going through in my life. Uh, it's 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 very cool when that happens. I think. Yeah. Do you uh, you know you said you co-produce your stuff a lot, and I know in the past you've you've produced other people, and I know you produced uh, 
CCH Pounder. Um, do you do you get as much enjoyment out of producing other people as you do as working on your own material? To tell you the truth, I actually like producing other people better than myself because you're not uh, so emotionally attached to it in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, you you hear it differently. It's like it's I can I can hear it easier, and that's why I think. I can hear it easier when I'm producing other people um, because that's why I think it's always good to have someone else else help you produce it because, or they just kind of, yeah, because it's, you know, they can bring you down to reality. It's like, no, that, that's not going to work because, um, but I like to try things in the studio. I think you should never tell anybody, no, they can't try an idea. Um, because you never know what may spring from it. Uh, even if it, you know, somebody said, "Oh, that's great," but let's try it this way, or you know, they, if or it just works the way you thought it would work. <laughs> well, uh, it, do, do, when you do, you know, like you say you try different things and stuff like that, and and real, the in, you know, reality, um, you know, in the studio, you know, the studio time costs a lot of money; it can be expensive. How how free are you with uh, you know doing giving things another try or are you are you always watching the clock and kind of figuring out how much am I spending here being here or do you just kind of just go in and do your thing and, and let it flow um well I try to let it flow um you have to kind of want you have to watch the clock but like uh I've been working on this song called uh, the Mississippi Black Snake Blues in the Key of DL which I renamed to Down Low um I think I've spent more time on that song, uh, redoing things, not redoing things, just mixing it. And uh, it has a lot of vocal parts on it. Uh, so, and we just, and, we, and uh, the, the mixer thought we were done with it until I found other vocals that I want to add into it. And that's easy. Remember, we're going to go, no, you don't. No, you don't. And I'm going, yes, I do. Yes, I do. So we have to figure out how it's going to work in there, you know, because I hear it in my head and I have to try it because if I don't try it, once it's finished and out there, it's out there, it's done. Right. You know, you, you can't go back and go, oh, I want to redo it unless somebody does a reggae version of hookah. <laughs> well, I, I have to imagine because, you know, what a lot of our listeners may not know about you, you are a very, very, very successful uh, a publisher, a magazine publisher, and I know that you had really high standards, and you 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 you, you don't compromise on quality, and, and things have to go out. You're you're kind of a perfectionist, Raspin. So I'm trying to figure out when you're in the studio, and are you do you do you ever get done with a song? Is it ever perfect enough for you? Or, or does, is that why it's taken ten years? Uh, well, it's you know I kind of wasn't doing music for. I, uh, years, and I I only went back to it five five year, five and a half years ago, and um, so that's. But I I, I do I, I'm sure that uh, I've had I've had a few people say nothing makes you happy, <laughs> but you know what? If it doesn't make you happy, 
It doesn't make you happy. Like Hans Ethan says, sometimes you got to moan when nothing seems to suit you. <laughs> well, when your name's on it, it's got to be right. Isn't that the truth right there? Yeah, but it has, yeah. And, you know, and what, you know, what is right? What's right for me may not be right for you. You know, it, 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 it all depends. But you got to give it your best shot. And you got to give it, you know, what you're comfortable with as an artist. Absolutely. So, we're going we're to take yeah. our next break, uh, Raspin, and we're, we're going to play uh, "We Do What We Do." Um, it's always a, uh, it's uh, you know, it's always a good one that you perform live. Uh, what do you want to tell our audience about uh, about this one? Uh, we do what we do. That's the title track song from my first record, right? Yes. Yes. Um, that song was about uh, someone who died of AIDS. And, uh, and I came up like with when a million to one slaps across the face, what are you going to do? Yeah. And we do what we do. We do what we got to do. And I'll leave it as that. Absolutely. You listen to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Raspin Stewart, and this is We Do What We Do. We'll be back after this. my lover more than just a friend a lifetime situation like a circle never ends hey 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 caught up in the sorrow
like a circle never ends. Who's out to get ya? Share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics. Or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. Casey Regan. We're from Music You Can See and Ameriblues.com and Kelly's Live. We are swooping it at Swoops World. And welcome back to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. Here we're live with Rasp and Stewart. And we just heard uh, one of his We Do What We Do, the title, the title track off his uh, first album. Yep. The, uh, um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, the uh, before I forget, I want to make sure everybody knows, uh, you know, let everybody know how they can get a hold of your your album when it, when it comes out or any of your, any of your music. Um, well, you know, I'm into this singles thing these days, and I think the best way to buy them from my from you can always go to iTunes, but I prefer CD Baby. For me, it's a lot easier because. I just go on. I just go CD Baby, Raspin, King of Fools, or Rat, or any of the songs, and I can just click it and download it. And it's so much easier for me. Mm-hmm. I've only bought one, so <laughs> I, I guess that you know, just to make sure you could buy it. Uh, that's a good way. You can go to my website www.raspin.com, or just cl- go to Raspin. Dot, just go to Raspin on the computer or Raspin Stewart and see what pops up. A lot pops up. That it does. That it does. But I want to make sure we get that out there. Now you you you're, you're finishing up. You're, doing, you're putting the finishing touches on this album. Uh, you got some shows lined up. Uh, you are you going to be doing any uh, any touring outside of LA uh, come this summer? Uh, probably. I'm going to probably start touring probably late summer and fall. Um, I like the fall. Yeah. I love fall. 
it's it's cooler because I I have shows lined up. They're local shows, um, and uh, <laughs> but I'm going to probably do like San Francisco, San Diego. Then I I'd like to move uh, into Arizona and keep moving east. I eventually one of the songs on the uh, album is or the CD is called New York to L.A. Uh, which is one of my favorites. They're all my favorites. They're my children. Um, but I love this one because if, if I can play it anywhere. And by the time that I'm done with the first chorus, the audience usually is singing it along with me. Yeah. And that's what really makes it all well for me. I'm like a Peter, Paul, and Mary show, you know? It's like a sing-along, not dating myself. You could have watched the, I, you could have watched the, the you know old-time reruns, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like to call myself the newest, like the, the newest. Wait, how do I say it? The oldest, newest artist on the circuit, or something like that. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> for people who you know, you know, you 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 you're reaching out to a lot of people, and you're talking about places you want to be. If if uh, somebody's in, a, in an area they'd like to like you to come through uh, while you're uh, touring in the fall, how do they they can go to Ransom.com and contact you there and say, hey, why don't you pop over in uh, you know Shreveport or something like that? Yes, they can. They can. They can. They can go to my contact page and uh, even they, our phone numbers on there too. I'm a, I'm a, I like a phone call too. I like phone calls better than texts. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, yeah. actually, pick up the phone and then have a conversation. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, e- email's good too. There's an email there. Absolutely. Excellent. Which what? is raspandstewart1 at gmail.com. There you go. The direct the direct connection. Right. What? Uh, what? Press room six. <laughs> What's on this uh, new album that's going to be a, a departure from those who uh, who are used to hearing Raspin and been uh, been following you for a number of years? Or is there anything that that's going to surprise them on there? Uh, it's 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 got more of a live feel to it mm-hmm. uh, versus a studio feel. I think. I'll, Although it's very, you know, it's it's very uh, tight. I hope uh, there's uh, some blues. Oh, there's a couple of love songs on there. There's a love song on there called "You" that I uh, wrote when I was like uh, 20, 22, 23 years old. Maybe not even that old. Uh, that I never, uh, I was like never played it live, you know, because. It had to be the right, since everything comes from my soul, it's like I just can't get up there and sing you a song. I've got to feel it. Right. So I've been, I, I decided uh, to put uh, the song called You on there, and it's my version of uh, what, uh, you know, love and, love and marriage should be like and uh, when you fall in love, you know, the Hollywood kind that doesn't come true usually. Uh, how'd you like to swing on a star all through the night kind of thing? Wow. But it's a beautiful, I like the song a lot. Uh, look, so, and then there's another song that. I wrote. Well, you, I don't think you've ever heard I have it. I've never heard that. Right. And then there's a song called uh, Road Man. That's uh, a love song. It's actually, uh, uh, 
I call it my three-way song uh, because this was a long, long, long time ago when I had a girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I, uh, she lived in Oregon. Well, we lived here for a while, but I would go to uh, Portland, Oregon, and she had a boyfriend at the time, you know, and I was her main boyfriend. So, But when I came into town, he just kind of disappeared, you know? <laughs> So, uh, which was fine with me because, you know, when you're, I was, you know, free love and all that other good stuff. Uh, but we all were very good friends. Uh, and, uh, you know, life, just like they say, you know, you're going to go, uh, like in Harold and Maud when she goes, go love some more. We did. And, uh, you know, she's married now and uh, I'm single. So there you go. <laughs> You know, there's always there's always a story with you, Rasmus. There's always uh, there's always more than the meets the proverbial eye, right there. You know, right? Trust me, I'm holding back. <laughs> I'm holding back. <laughs> Excuse me. Those of us who know you, there's no talking, doubt. I guess you're getting. I guess you're getting a little show on the on the swoops world. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we've had them waiting long enough, so we're going to take our last break, and we're going to play Smoke the Hookah, uh, because we've been talking, we talked about it in the beginning, and I'm sure people want to hear the new version of it, so uh, let's take a quick break and listen to Smoke the Hookah. What do you say? All right, and is this goodbye, or are we coming back? Oh, we're coming back. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. You listen to the Swoops Run of the Talk Story Radio Network. We're here with Raspin Stewart, and this is Smoke the Hookah. Show me a minority who hasn't suffered or cried 
Living in a land where free jump calls. Land of poverty, the hungry feed off of their dreams, waiting for the world to turn. Smoke the hookah and dance, the new reggae version. And uh, let me check this real quick. Uh, the new reggae version uh, by Rasmus Stewart. And uh, it is a big, it's a big change, man. Yeah, it tells you to get up and stand up and stand up for your rights. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good version. I like it a lot. And, uh, you know, when you, uh, I can't figure out why I keep getting this, this echo when I come out of that break. Um, when uh, when you when you made when you, when you first said you you made a change to it, I was curious to see what it was going to be like. I knew it was going to be good, but uh, it, it's uh, it's got a good vibe. Yeah, it all just fell together so naturally. Yeah. So if you like the song, they can vote for it at kbradio.ca and vote for it. It's in the running again uh, for another week, huh? It's been. This will make it if it makes it. To its fifth week, it'll be number one for five weeks in a row. Nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah. def- definitely go there. Give that, give that address again. People can go out there and vote for it. It's kbradio.ca. And click on there, and it'll take you right to where you need to vote for uh, the number one song of the of the week. And uh, you're 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 holding strong. Let's let's knock out another week. So if if everybody can go there and yeah. you do that and click on that, uh, that'll be great. But what's also cool, it made, it's making other charts. It made uh, the Basement Tapes cha- uh, charted about a week or so ago. And there's a one that's called the Radio Indie Alliance. They are all the radio, indie, you know, independent radio stations around, I guess, that it charted on there uh, three times. It charted last week. Uh, so hopefully it'll just keep going. I, you know, I... I have no idea. People, it's, I do have an idea, but that's not why we do our music. We just do it to, for people to enjoy. Right. And we do it because of music. 
And then, you know, they have these charts and these awards and stuff that, you know, are, are, are you know, I guess they're fun. They are fun. Um, but uh, it's we don't do it for that, I don't think. we. I don't anyway. I just do it because I love the music and I love uh, people. Excellent. Raspin, it yeah. it was uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, get a chance to catch up and, and listen to some new stuff and and let our listeners uh, you know hear about what's going on with you and, and hopefully uh, some of them will go out and, and uh, see you perform and, and hit that hit that uh, website and buy some of your music. But I want to thank you so much for joining us here in, here on Swoops World and look forward to talking to you again real soon, brother. Okay, thank you, sir, and I will talk to you soon, and say hi to Long Beach for me. I absolutely will, and that's raspin.com. You can go to his website there, and and that'll take you to everywhere you need to be. So uh, thanks a lot, Raspin, and we'll talk again real soon, brother. Thank you, Swoop. Have a good evening. You too. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Swoop's on the Talk Story Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with Anthony Davis. Uh, He'll be joining us here in the next segment, and... uh, Finally, just uh, end this segment with another Rasmus song. This is called Rumbling and Tumbling. Back after this. A catfish is jumping. It's an impossibility. Someone has been rumbling and tumbling in my backseat. You tell me lies And you hold me tight We go rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling Through the night Book us a tax man What do I do? No revenue. Somebody loves you, but who knows who? Why we go rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, through the night. Whatever gets you. Will fall and lost and lonely without a trace. Go rumbling, tumbling, rumbling, tumbling, set, set, set. Rumble and tumble and rumble and tumble.
I'm in the car next to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live United. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Talk to Radio Network. Let's see if we can get a hold of Anthony Davis right now.
Good evening. Good evening. We'd like to welcome back to the show our longtime friend and colleague, five-time national champion, two-time All-American out of USC, the great Notre Dame killer, Anthony Davis. How you doing, A.D.? Doing okay. Long time. Long time, man. We got a lot of catching up to do. It's been a while, been a minute, but uh, always always great to have a chance to chat with you and see what's been happening, man. Uh, a whole lot going <laughs> <laughs> You know, why don't you just kick us off wherever you want to start, man? I mean, you got the talk behind, behind the other one, the name was Tom Brady and his wife and what she said about the concussion. You got LeBron James versus the, the Golden State Warriors, you know, and then, then, you, then you have people talking about how people like Stephen A. Smith and, 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 and all these commentators today – how we wouldn't be able to talk about stuff like that 40, 50, 40 years ago. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. But the thing that got my attention this week was uh, with Tom Brady's wife and what she said, you know, the MVP. You know, I've always talked about that already about, you know, the guy to be very passionate about the concussion situation would be Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. Right. And he, and, and whole of it, you know, and, and – I guess it's fake. Then all of a sudden, his wife comes out and said he had a concussion. Uh, according to the, I don't know what you believe in the press, but I don't, you know, unless somebody's not telling me verbatim. According to the Wall Street Journal, how true it is that Tom Brady had a concussion. I don't know all the specifics. I don't know if you read the article, but the fact that he had a concussion. And and uh, and and the NFL is not acknowledging that. But uh, that's serious stuff. Your top player, MVP of the Super Bowl, and now his wife is talking about concussion. And yeah. she should know because she lives with the man. Now, a lot of people question whether or not that's true or not. Well, I'm going to go with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, apparently they say she, he, he played with a concussion. Uh, you, you, you and I have talked about this on numerous occasions and you said, you know, basically, anybody who's ever strapped on a helmet has uh, played with a concussion, has had a concussion. Why do you think this is such a big story? Because uh, because it wasn't reported? Is, is, that the, is that the reason? Well, for, it, it's, it's many fronts. The fact that it was not reported, according to her, that he, she had, he had one or whatever. I mean, you can play with a slight concussion or whatever. I mean, and you don't even know it because I'm sure – I played with slight concussions when I played back in the day when people didn't really know what it, really, what it was. Yeah. We all knew we were getting heads rattled. But the bottom line is the reason it's so significant is because Tom Brady, now everybody's questioning the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Six Super Bowl appearances, four championships. He's the MVP. He's pretty much, he, 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 whether you like him or not, or whatever you think about the Patriots, he is the face of the league. That is what's so big because he is the top of the, of the mountain, just won the Super Bowl, and he's the face of the league. So that's the reason why it's significant. Now, if it was some other guy, you know, a true professional, but he is, is at the top of the mountain. And, and the guy at the top of the mountain, wife is saying, hey, he played with a concussion. That's why it's significant. Now, Goodell's saying he didn't. Uh, his wife's saying he did. 
and 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 Tom is, is he he's pretty silent on the whole thing, if, if I can understand correctly. Um, well, well, put it just put put it this way. Just put it this way, and all the listeners out there, just put it this way. You got to have trauma when you put that helmet on your head. He's played seventeen years in the National Football League. Right. The bottom line is that you you cannot play seventeen years without some kind of trauma. Right. No one escapes it. No one escapes the trauma of playing football. Some get more, some gets less. But but the bottom line, what's the limitations of the trauma? Any kind of trauma to the brain is significant. And that's what people are not getting. Okay? And like I've told you before, if I'd have known what I know now, I'm playing with the Baltimore Orioles in center field or wherever I end up in Major League Baseball. But if you and see, it ain't like he played five years. He's played seventeen years. Right. So that's what's significant about it. But the but, but the biggest thing is it's the biggest star on stage right now. That's what makes it so important. And the fact that his wife, who and, I, and let me tell you something, I take my hat off to the woman. That's the fact acknowledging that, and you know that the time is being quiet. Because he hasn't heard, he hasn't heard a word what he said. But obviously, she's the one out front saying this. So that's very significant. The fact that his wife, who lives with him, is is talking about it. That's what gets that's what's getting everybody's attention. Now his agent is not really saying anything anyway. He's not going to call Tom's wife a liar. So <laughs> I'm going with the woman. I'm going with his wife. <laughs> but, 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 but common sense will tell you Common sense will tell you That anybody who puts a helmet on their head Based on all the scientific studies And everything that's going on All the common sense issues about concussions Knows that if you put a helmet on your head You're going to get some kind of trauma Well yeah, that's, 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 my, that's my thought process Is, uh, you know, whether she said anything or not I, I, I would assume uh, he's had concussions. Uh, he's you know 17 years in the league. Uh, anybody who anybody who's played uh, football uh, from pop Warner on up has, has probably had some some sort of head trauma. Um, but I guess you know we we as fans and as uh, uh, you know uh, followers of the sport, we kind of like to hear the hear the nitty gritty of what's going on and, and have people make comments on it. But I think it's 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 something something we should probably all have assumed that. Everybody in in the league, uh, Sons maybe a, a field goal kicker has probably had a concussion uh, during their professional career. Well, absolutely. Look, ab- you know, absolutely. Listen, and since the top, we're talking about Tom. Since he's the biggest name, Super Bowl champ, all that, and what in the numbers he's put up over the years. The bottom. That's why everybody's talking about. It. That's why it's significant. Yeah. See the bottom line. See the bottom line with, with everything that's going on is. If you look at all the years he's played, and let's count them out, 17 years in the National Football League, four years in county. You counting? Four years in college. Add that to 17. Then you add how many years he did in Pop Warner to that 17. So we're talking 28 years, roughly, possibly, 26 to 28 years of playing helmet football. Right. And then take, that, take, take, take that in the content of what I'm talking about here. That's over 20-something years of getting hit. No one escapes it. I don't care how great you are or whatever it is. 
When you put that helmet on your head, it's trauma that's following. The lack of voice, and this is my new slogan. If you play the game, you must treat the brain. If you don't treat the brain, the brain will fade. If you don't treat the brain, the brain will die. And that goes for anybody who plays contact sports anywhere. And they didn't learn it. And, like, and, and I would love to see anyone from soldiers, boxers, MMA fighting, football, hockey, soccer, who does that. They should all be getting treated in hyperbaric treatment, taking supplements or something to help function the brain and help stimulate the body. And if, if you're going to get your head kicked in or beat in for week in and week out, there should, they should implement a program to do that. And the program's out there. They're just not adopting it. Right. And I love, and, I, and, I, and, and myself and what I'm doing with the aiming clinics, I would love to talk to Tom Brady. I'd love to talk to his wife. <laughs> if Tom won't talk to me, I'll talk to anybody who listen. And I'm sure the people all at the aiming clinics would love to talk to these guys because there's a set program for them. And I'm just advocating if you're going to play these games, you better start treating that brain because you're going to pay the consequences down the road. And the road can be very tough. And, and what I say to people listening is this, is that a lot of you guys, a lot of you people in the stands, you cheer, you love your game. And I'm going to tell you folks, there's some of the great players that you've all cheered on for years who are suffering in the corners. And I don't want to name some names. And I can name some names people know that are in trouble, who have tough times on a daily basis with pain, head, and, 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 and can't focus every day, con- con- consistent headaches, can't sleep, you know, memory issues. I mean, it, it's going on. And some of the great players of all time have gone through that and, and is going through that now. You know, you talk about the, the concussions and stuff like that, and, and you've been talking, talking about it for a number of years now. Um, and now I'm starting to see other sports with the protocol. Now maybe they've had it, and I didn't know it before. But I, I was watching uh, watching the hockey games, watching the playoffs, and uh, you know a couple guys they took back they took back uh, to the locker room and, uh, for some concussion protocol. And I think one of the guys didn't even come back in the game uh, after afterwards. So uh, it's 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 making its way. If it hasn't, if it was, I'm assuming it wasn't already there, but it's, it seems to be making its way into other sports now, beyond football, and uh, and people are taking taking a, a good look at you know these kids when they uh, when they do smack their head. Well, first of all, listen, it, it, it's across the board. Don't be in denial. Just admit the fact. Know the consequences. You know, there's something to counter this problem. But the fact is, when you play these collision sports, you don't have trauma. Just come, just, just come to the realization, you know, don't be like the NHL who was trying to deny. You can't deny that. I mean, and the fact is that traditionally when you take off them, them those guys getting those fights on the, on, on, on the ice out there, hey, they're beating each other's brains in doing that. Yeah. And so you have that. So I'm just talking about just come to the conclusion that there is trauma. These heavy, like you take soccer, the headers, that's another thing. It's not as significant as we're playing football, but look at the boxes. Look at the MMA fighting. Look at the soldiers coming back. And that's, that's you. And they're going to defend and defending our country. So you should always have a red carpet out for those guys anyway. But the bottom line is any kind of trauma to the brain will affect you and affect your lives from here on out. And all I'm advocating is if you start treatment, 
it's ways of doing it while you're doing it and when you and you're doing your current career and post career is when you really have it yeah it's 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 it's, it's usually after after they've retired and, uh, and they start to get older and and uh, like you said haven't uh, haven't done things to uh, to protect themselves or to treat themselves and then as things start to deteriorate uh, they start to notice more and more and more uh, you know these issues are starting to pop up well, the thing is, is that what I've learned, and look, whenever I talk on radio about concussions and, and CTE, is the face all common sense. I'm not a PhD doctor. I'm not a scientist. But I've, I've been around the concussion stuff for 10 years, and I'm part of the NFL brain study. And I'm the only player that, that's had the, the great results of my my brain being imaged and scanned for three for three times in ten years, and I can tell you that I've had significant improvement. So I'm just saying that when I talk, I talk on a common sense basis, period. And I hope I make sense to the listeners. And if not, you can always go to the you can go to the you know aimingclinic.com and pull up all of that stuff and all, and you can read on what I've been through. So the bottom line is I'm trying to extend myself out to help anyone that's hearing my voice, either my colleagues or former colleagues or anybody in all these areas where I've already talked about. And, and, and it's become a serious issue. I mean, period. You know, so. Absolutely. Well, you know, speaking of serious issues, this NBA playoff, man, I, I seen some, I seen some serious <laughs> issues going on there, man. <laughs> I think I think Popovich was, Popovich is about uh, he 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 he's, he's, he didn't know what happened. He I don't think he's ever had a team that just failed to show up. Uh, I know I, I know they had you know a couple injuries, but uh, I thought I thought Pop was going to have a stroke out there, man. I'm glad the season's over for him. He 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 couldn't take much more of that. Well, you know, listen, I'm not I, you know I'm not a basketball expert. I mean, when you talk about sports, you know, football and baseball is my expertise because I was drafted in both. He could have played both professionally. When it comes to the NBA and basketball, all I can say is a common sense thing. Obviously, Cleveland and Golden State are the two powerhouses. Now, I believe that once the two injuries are secured with the top player coming out is what created the problems. But 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 with, with a Popovich team, you figured that he can always rebound, but he didn't have enough firepower. That was that, that's that's basically what it was. And then you know, I, and his bench, I guess, really didn't play enough to, to to overcompensate the injuries in what they were doing. And Golden State just had too much too much firepower. I mean, yep. They just had too much. And you know, and they play well together. I mean, and, and they built a great team. And Steve Kerr, who's out, has is, is done, done a great has done a great thing in terms of keeping his team together. And 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 what's his name? Uh, you know, filling in for him. Uh, you know, the one the, the guy that the uh, the Lakers fired. He wasn't looking too bad out there. Uh, Brown, Mike Brown. Was it Mike Brown? Is that his name? <laughs> he you know, when when Kerr well, when, when Kerr couldn't when Kerr couldn't come out on the bench and uh, you know he's going through some stuff, some medical issues. Uh, this guy took over and, and he looks like he knows what he's doing out there. And Lakers let him go a few years back. Well, you can just blame you can blame the Lakers front office for that that debacle and what's going on. I mean, I'm glad to see Magic. I'm glad to see the pedigree of Magic Johnson 
being back in there because, look, he is a Hall of Famer, five-time NBA title. He was there the great years, the greatest years in, in, in Laker history. He was under the ownership of Jerry Buss, so he's the best guy to be back there. If, you, if, if, if anybody can turn it around, he can. Yeah. Okay? And if he can't turn it around, <laughs> they need some help. But the, but, but, the, but the bottom line is is that that is a situation, you know, that – Imagine and see and back to the Golden State thing. Uh, Brown is coming to a system with came here developed where he has four superstars. They play team basketball, defense and offense, and that's what I see. And I don't know how anybody can beat them unless they just fall off the, fall off dirt. I mean, I don't, based on what I've seen, I don't see anybody beat them. I don't know. I don't even know if Cleveland can beat them, even though it's a great LeBron, LeBron James. But I don't think he has enough firepower to overcome the waters unless they just fall off the earth. And they can hype it all they want because the NBA Finals coming up and whatever. And they, and they, they just said forget. They, they, just, they just said forget Boston. <laughs> that's just the fact of the game. Everybody's getting ready for the Finals. Yes. And there seems to be there seems to be some bad blood between those two teams. Yeah. But, but and you know, a lot of people I've talked to, a lot, a lot of people talked about what they did to Draymond Green last year is really what cost them. Because the, uh, the the Golden State Warriors the championship, yeah. and even Stephen A. Smith, I heard him talk on radio. He even mentioned the fact of how the NBA got involved in that, which I thought was bad. So a lot of people already have already said that by him missing that one game and, and the league suspending him yep. is one that cost them the two it cost the, the rhythm, the team, and everything else, and they're and they're on their floor play, and why they caught costing the championship. I agree with that, and I think uh, I, I think I, I think that was a a, a a a traumatic change in the team and how they were dealing with that losing their top one of their top players. Yeah, and, and you know the thing is, uh, you know, we, we talk about team sports as opposed to individual sports, and I understand that you know you know you have key players and they make a big difference in the chemistry of the team and what they can bring to a team. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be able to come, you know, come up off the bench or bring in some guys to do to get the job done. I, I mean, like I said, I was watching hockey. You know, the the, the Nashville Predators lost their captain and their and their, their top scorer, and they and they still came back and beat the beat the Ducks two two games in a row after that. So, you know, you have to uh, you have to adjust, and everybody's gonna start to step up when you when when your stars go down. Yeah. Well, I believe I believe that what happened with the Golden State situation is they, that was so much of a shocker for him. It was, it was like no one expected that to happen. And when it happened, it just disrupted the team emotionally, mentally, and how do you set your game plan and your structure of your next game because you lose him. So I think that's what it was all of a sudden move. But they had to, they had to prepare for that. They didn't have time to prepare for that because yeah. the next game, <laughs> the next day, so they had to play. Right, right. So it, was, it was a shock to their system. You know, losing losing a guy like that to make, but I mean, I, and I think they can't wait to get back to Cleveland, get to him. Oh, I think they've I think they've thought about that all year long. <laughs> yeah, about that. Now now they got four, and, they, and, and, and then adding of Kevin Durant, and uh, you know, it's, it's it's unbelievable. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know, I don't know how anybody can beat that. That that's what because if it, it, it curves off. You got Clay Thompson. You got him. You got Draymond. If you can't, if he's off, you got Durant. Or if you got two hot, you forget it. Any, any any two of those guys 
can kill you in a tandem, or either one can kill you with some with, with help with them in the bench. That's what's so dangerous about these guys. And they play good, great team defense. What, yeah. I mean, they run you, run you to death. They can spread the floor. I mean, they just and they're and, and they're and they're and they're long, and they and they probably have the greatest shooting team in NBA history. The way they've shot percentage wise. They get drunk from all over the court. When you, uh, you know, you, you know, you play professional sports. When you bring in a guy like a Kevin Durant, or, or you know, like when uh, LeBron went to the to the Heat and stuff like that. You, when you bring in these big name players to another team, uh, you know, it's about as much as much about the chemistry because, you know, you have superstars that are already there in place, and then they're going to have to share the spotlight. How difficult is it uh, on a professional level? Uh, obviously, it didn't affect these guys, but how difficult is it on a professional level for, uh, you know, ego-wise for a lot of guys when, when somebody else comes in uh, who's going to take away some of your some of your shine? Well, with, in my opinion, just from afar, just watching the Golden State situation anywhere, they knew what kind of predicate that Kevin Durant had. And it wasn't no ego thing with them. In most cases, it's not an ego thing. You know, it's how he fits in. If he's a disruptive person who, who was just obnoxious to be around, that's that's one thing. But he came in ready to learn and be learn learn the system. And they, and the thing is, they just to learn how to play with him, how he could blend in with the existing championship style team. And so now that they found his way, they slowed up a little bit because Durant got hurt and and the team and stuff. Once they got in the flow, now they see how they can play off each other. You see, so that's how I see it from the fall. Uh, in terms of ego and all that kind of stuff, you let it out of the door because if they're making so much money these days, they can care less, you know. And then, uh, and, and the fact with the Golden State Wars, they made it happen. Yeah. And then, and then, in my opinion, this is a form of this is a form of play going into a Steve Kerr system with his background as a player and as a general manager and a coach. He sees that, hey, if you come here, you better just learn, and that's it. And that's what he did. Yeah. And that's why they where they are. In my opinion, it's interesting um, because you know you talk about teams that are bringing up bringing a superstar, and uh, you know they and they and they gel and uh, and then everybody's on the same page. And then you look at teams like you know like we talked about earlier, the Patriots. The Patriots bring in uh, a lot of players, a lot of players that the other teams have given up on, uh, a lot of players uh, who you know who went undrafted and. And fit them into the system, and and they go on to continue to roll on, uh, winning and winning and winning. You know something? Like I've always told you, you know my favorite team is in terms of structure, from the ownership to the field, is the New England Patriots, and I'm gonna keep saying that. Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick, and beyond is the best in the game, and they've proven it. Look, 13 years I've been watching these guys, 13, 14, whatever it's collectively. That's the best I've seen overall. In all the days I've seen, either being as a player and being professional sports, that's the best I've seen. I envy those players because I wish I could have played for a guy like Belichick based on the way he runs the system. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's amazing how they can put take pieces from other teams and they can flourish in their system. And, 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 I believe, and, and, and the Patriot organization, to me, exposes other teams. <laughs> I mean, they can talk, they can take castoffs. They can take people that don't get drafted. They can take guys like one night drafted one ninety nine like Tom Brady, and they win Super Bowls. Hello, I yeah. mean, you know, wake up, smell the coffee. These are the one draft choice overall. Been in the league two or three years, you don't hear nothing about him after three or four years. 
Tom Brady, 109th pick, six-time Super Bowl appearance, four-time Super Bowl champion, MVP. That should be proof in the pity. Corey Dillon leaves the Cincinnati Bengals. They said he was all washed up. Goes up to goes up to goes up to the Patriots one year. Leaves the league in rushing. Super Bowl champ. What does that say about the Bengal organization? Yeah. What were they thinking about? You know, and just like it was like the Raiders of, of the seventies, early seventies and mid seventies, they would get the cast off and win championships. You know, so I'm just so, so I'm just saying it's amazing what the Patriot organization does versus other other organizations. Yeah. Best in the business. We uh. We haven't talked uh, recently, and, uh, and I haven't had a chance to talk to our good friend Bob Case for a while. But uh, what's happening over uh, over on the campus at SC? What's 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 the season going to look like this year? I really don't. I really don't know. It is to me. It's still some questions. They bought some key pieces, Adore and Juju. Uh, I don't really know. All I know, they got a great quarterback. And and they have to build off that foundation. If they don't build off that foundation, you know, it can be in the dumps. But I just believe that if they can keep focused and build around Sam, Darnell, I think that they can go a long way. Now, I don't know who's picked in the Pac-12 to win it, but the thing is I think what SC needs to focus on is the Pac-12 South because they didn't win it last year. And then uh, and I think the team still to beat in the conference will most likely be the Stanford or Washington. And a lot of people say USC, but you know I got to see the structure of who's playing, who's going to be the starter. You don't, you never know. I think the whole Pac-12 is up for grabs again this year. I don't know who had, who gets the edge. I mean, I know they have a great coach and Steve up in uh, up there in uh, Washington, but I don't know what the status of the whole conference is going to be. You know, right. as far as Pac-12, because a lot of a lot of people have left the program. You know, so. I think what SC thinks should be, they need to focus on winning that Pac-12 South and then think over there. I don't know. I, mean, I know nationally they might be ranked high, but you can throw those national rankings out as far as I'm concerned. And based on what happened last year with Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan and all those schools, because that's where the power, that's where the power of, of, of the country is right now, is in those conferences with Harvard and, and, uh, and uh, Saban and all that kind of stuff. I mean, those are those those are the power brokers in, in college football, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. My team, SC, and I'm alumnus from there. Uh, they can pop out and surprise a lot of people, and I think a lot of people will. But if, if they but if they if they don't build around Sam, and they get that running game and that passing game, well, I don't know. I don't think I don't think they can just win it just with the passing game. They gotta have a balanced attack. Talk, you know, you mentioned you mentioned uh, Adore and uh, Juju. Um, you know, when a, when a guy like Adore, you know, who played, you know, all all, all parts of the field in college, uh, goes to the pros, is it better for them to concentrate on one position, or do they, should they still try to to do, you know, play both sides of the ball, run back, run back, kickoffs and punts, and and you know, play cornerback and whatnot, and. Is it better for them to focus on a, on one position and and you know because you know the pros it's 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 you know matter where you come out of college uh, what division you come out of you know it's still a big jump from uh, collegiate to pros uh, and you know we I, I heard some question about you know whether or not he was going to be able to do that uh, his coach said he wanted to just focus on one position right now and then see where it le- see where it leads him what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, I, first of all, in the pro game, I. Look, I ran. I was a running back and a kick returner. I mean, that was a that was a task. 
But I mean, I just focus nowadays. I would just focus on one position. The kind of money you're playing, I wouldn't risk that. That's injury, you know, long term, long season. You got 20 games, four preseason. You got you got uh, 16 regular season games. That could be wear and tear on you, uh, depending on how he fits into their system. I mean, I wouldn't go do three or four things on the field. I would focus on one thing and maybe help out down the road if they need be. But I would focus on one position. One thing. That's just a special team of fun. That's just playing wide receiver fun. To play DB and, and, and to play wide receiver and kick return, I don't know. That's To me, that's subject to injury. You know, I don't. I wouldn't do it. Right, you right. I, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I, I would, I would if, for example, just feel like if uh, Adore is with the Patriots. Bill Check will figure out what he can do and his strength. I know that's one coach will figure out his strength. You know, I don't think he was wearing money. He would, he, he would keep that keep that guy fresh and was more valuable to the team overall. Exactly. You know, the game the game has changed in that sense because uh, there was a time where guys were playing, you know, uh, you know, multiple multiple positions, and there's a couple guys that kind of do a, you know they make an appearance here and there throughout the season, but uh, you don't see that as much anymore. I mean, that's just the nature of the game and the cha- and the way the game's changed over the years. Well, you just can't, you know, you just can't do it. I mean, physically, I mean, it's it's tough enough just trying to stay healthy for a whole season. I mean, the wear and tear on your body and stuff, and the practice time and, and all that. You just gotta, and then you know, you gotta really, you know, stay strong and stay healthy. You gotta pace yourself in a lot of ways too. I mean, you just can't go out there and just play all these positions and, and expect to, you know, the odds of you stand to play in different positions, you're gonna get hurt. Simple as that. You know, I mean, the smart coaches, you know, protect their valuable assets like that. I would do that. That was my thought. As a matter of fact, even through the course of the season, I would even cut down some of the practice from the key players. Yeah. You know, so, and then, and of course, you cannot hit during the week. You don't do no hitting. In the pro game, you can't hit like that because the injuries are so high anyway. I mean, you can hit it during the game. So a lot of times during the week, you don't even hit. I mean, we didn't hit. Well, because you, because you, had, you, had, you only had so many people on your roster. Right. You're not going to beat up yourself. Matter of fact, matter of fact, even at USC when I played back in the day, we didn't hit. McKay didn't believe it. He believed if you couldn't hit by now, you'll never be able to hit. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some truth to that. <laughs> he, he, he never touched the running backs or the quarterbacks, so that was it, you know. Yeah. And, of course, I missed spring ball because I was playing baseball. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good transition. Talking about baseball, because I know you follow baseball. Uh, I'm looking at the standings. Houston Astros have the best record in baseball currently. Uh, if you if you've been watching, you've been watching a lot of ball this season, and, and, and if so, uh, what are your thoughts? Well, 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 just a little bit, you know. I mean, uh, my focus mostly has been on the National League West with the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, Colorado, and I'm still waiting for. You know, the Dodgers always talk about every year that they're going to be there. They are there, but they just haven't got up the hump. Because you remember, you know, they haven't won the World Series since 1988. Yeah. The World Series 1988. That's, what, almost 30 years. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> so so, I, so, 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 so our championship, the championship pedigree of all our sports in L.A., you got to look, okay, the Rams, they haven't won a champ. They, they haven't won a championship in LA since '52. They won it in St. Louis 17 years ago. Right. The Dodgers haven't won since '88. The Lakers haven't won since 2000. The Clippers have never won. 
the Angels have won in what, 16, 17 years ago? Yeah, Did they win at the World Series? Yeah. So, so, so we're talking about collectively a 15 to 20 year drought or 25 year drought collectively of all the teams that have won championships. And so you got to get back to that. So that's why everybody hangs on to the Kobe's and, and the Magic's and the Kareem's and the James Worthy's and, and uh, you know, uh, the great Dodger team, the Tommy Lasorda teams, and, 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 and you name it, you know. Uh, so we haven't had that. In baseball, in baseball, in L.A., they got great following, but they haven't won a championship. I mean, they got to win the, you know, they won the NL, NL West championship, but they haven't won the big one the in eight, series, since 80 yeah. years. And there's currently sitting in third place, man. They're uh, three games back. Colorado and Arizona ahead of them. Um, you know, it's... well, it's too, it, it's too early to tell. Now anybody can be at the front runner, be the front runner. You know, by here we just in the tail end of May, and they got all the way to September to go. You know, well, they so you do, know they do. But San Diego's the bottom of that division, and I, I'm pretty sure they're going to end up there after 100 games. They'll still be at the bottom of that division. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. The other ones, the other ones will move around. The Giants and the Dodgers and the Cardinals. I mean, the the the, the, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. They'll move around some, but I, I don't see the Padres moving around anywhere. They're going to sit there the entire season. Well, I think I, you know. I think the shockwave of the Chargers moving to LA affected the San Diego Padres fans too. You know, <laughs> some of those fans, are, some, some of those fans are dual fans too. Anyway, so uh, who knows? I think that was a shockwave to the whole San Diego area when the Chargers moved up to L.A. So, what's you know, that going to be like this know. year? You think? I mean, you think the uh, the L.A. fans are going to embrace them? Well, you don't know, man. They got you know. Look, you know, both teams are going to fight for fan base. In my opinion, I mean, you have the L.A. Rams, you got the L.A. Chargers, and the way they're going to be playing, they they've already delayed the construction of the the stadium off another year instead of opening up. They got open. They can delay it another year, so that's a, that's going to affect a lot of things. Yeah, and um, I don't know what's going to be like. It's going to be very, to me, to me. You got two new coaches, two new organizations systematically. They got to build their office a team. They got to build it off. You know, you got to figure out what they're going to do. Okay, now I believe, and here we are in the number two market. I believe you don't win here. You got to win in the number two market unless you just got a loyal, loyal fade base like the Lakers. If you don't win here, you're not going to have a fan base because there's so much stuff to do here in California, Southern California. Right. And also, you got to look at the thing about what, what the Chargers are playing and whether and whether what the Rams are playing. So I mean, who knows? It's a big question mark now because you got a new, you got a whole new staff. Well, definitely got two head coaches that are new, and we got to wait and see. Everybody has to wait and see. Everyone has to wait and see. Yeah. You know, and you got to remember, here you are. You got the number two market and the number one market in New York. Those two, the New York teams and the L.A. teams. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. That's only what I can say. I just hope these fans are loyal. I hope they can be supportive. But they don't. Lord knows they're going to need it. <laughs> and the thing that I want to see the Rams do is really soak that bad taste of well, Eric Dickerson, what happened with him and Jeff Fish and Oregon. They, they need to sew that up because 
let's face it. Look, he's a Hall of Famer, all-time leading rusher, leader, leading rusher. And his last thing, what you want to do is alienate guys like him. Right. You know, so they need to sew that up. They need to get that right. But the San Diego Chargers situation, you're not sewing it. You ain't getting that right. That team advantage that, 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 that county. So, well, you know, it, it's interesting up. because people have embraced the Rams, and, and the Rams did the same thing. You know, they 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 they, they left left L.A. and moved to Orange County, moved to Orange County out of out of the middle of the night and went to St. Louis. Uh, the Raiders did the same thing. They came here and hung out for a few years and built a huge fan base. And they already had one, but they, you know, they multiplied, and then they just packed up and went back to Oakland. So I I, I kind of wonder if. Uh, People are really that loyal uh, anymore because uh, these guys they come back around they embrace they, they're they're embracing and uh, people love them more than they did when they left. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with San Diego. If, if like you said, if they don't win, they're not gonna they're not gonna develop a fan base. But there are people that uh, will love them no matter what. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're gonna have your loyal people a little bit. You gotta remember this is the number two market. LA is the number two market. I mean, if you're not winning here. You know, people just ain't coming. You got you got you got to put a serious product on the field if you're not winning. Right. You know, if you're if you're in Green Bay, you'll feel like you look. If you're in the Green Bay, you gonna regardless of how you're playing, you gonna fill it up. Okay. You gonna fill it up. But you're not in Green Bay. You're here. You know, and the same goes with a place like Seattle. You are gonna fill it up. But they win up there. You got to win in the number two market. You have to. You know, and even with the Raiders, they 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 fill up with the Raiders, but you know, because they got a loyal fan base and, and that and that legacy to Al Davis and the and the, the teams of the late '60s and early '70s, and the '70s to the '80s, I mean, was unbelievable. So, the Raider fan base is everywhere. Oh yeah. And, you know, it's and some people just stick with their teams and they have that loyalty, you know. So, uh, the Rams and Chargers have to have to build that loyalty. They have to. They have to win. If you don't win here, there's issues. <laughs> and the Rams really have, I mean, after last season, after coming back, all the fanfare of coming back, and the way they the way they played last season, it's, it's I'm telling you, that people, they're going to have to do something to, to solidify that fan base because I don't think people can take too much more of that. Well, if you don't win, they don't show. That's the way it is here. <laughs> well, that, you know, that, that's it. Like you that, said, that, there's so that, much that, to do here. Absolutely. The sunshine, the weather, the beaches, Disneyland, Universal Studio. I mean, all kinds of stuff to do here. But, you know, that's, that, that, that's been the case all along. As long as I've been here, if you don't win, they don't come. If you win... If you, if you win, they, they're trying to fight for every ticket. So I've seen it with USC. I've seen it with the Lakers. I've seen it with the Dodgers. Every take. And, and, yeah. and that, that's, like you said, that's been the way it's been here for years and years and years. It's not going to change. So change. step up your game, guys. Put some, <laughs> put some W's in the column. Yes. AD, tell tell everybody how they can uh, how they can find your book and how they can find uh, what's going on with you each, each week. Well, of course, you know I have my the book out, Kickoff Concussion. You know Amazon, Lulu dot com. Uh, you can contact Aiming Clinics. Uh, you know 
www.aimingclinics.com. And, uh, of course, I'm a, I'm a real estate man these days, and that's what I do. And, uh, and uh, I'm looking for deals. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that, brother. <laughs> well, Andy, we want to thank you for coming on, man. As always, we're going to do it again next week. And uh, maybe see if I can get Bob to come on next week, too. But, uh it's good catching up, and uh, and uh, it's always great to have a chance to chat and, and, and talk about what's going on in the world, brother. All right. Thanks a lot, Swoop. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You. you take care. The great Anthony Davis, everybody. And uh, we want to thank him for coming on today. We want to thank Raspin Stewart for joining us this more, or this uh, earlier in, in the show. Uh, it was always great to chat, to talk to Raspin and listen to his music. He's got a new album out, Raspin.com. Raspin.com, R-A-S-P-I-N. Dot com go there check it out uh find out what he's got going on buy his music uh, go see him play he's, if you haven't had the chance the opportunity to see a raspin show you're missing out it's always entertaining always great music always a fun time we want to thank you all for tuning in and uh, listening to swoops world on talk story radio network sponsored by healthynewday.com and until next week dream as if you'll live forever live as if you'll die today good night all The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors.